With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From a network of highly secure, top secret locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast. Hosted by, as always, Mike Finger, joined by Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot and beat writers Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne. This is the podcast, the first Spurs Insider podcast after Greg Popovich has become, at long last, the moment we were all waiting for, the most winningest, the most winningest, the winningest coach in regular season NBA history. All the hoop, uh, hoopla is over, all the pomp and circumstance is over, and now we can start selling the NFTs. I'm wondering if Tom and Jeff are on the NFT bandwagon yet. I don't, I don't know what uh, NFT means. I, I, I messed up, and I bought a bunch of like fungible tokens. I got all confused. Yeah. They told me non-fungible tokens, but I, mine are all fungible. I don't know what I did. May all our tokens be fungible. Um, I think that's a good sentiment. Um, it's for a good cause. I think it's funny that uh, Greg Popovich, of all people, is is selling uh, NFTs for this record. Um, it's it's great. It's for the for the for the food bank. But I'm not sure if if uh, Greg Popovich or Tom Orsborn or Mike Finger could sit here and explain what an NFT is. But you know, good cause, good moment all that stuff. What, what were you guys' uh, impression of the big night and finally having this record that we've been talking about for, for months and years uh, behind us? I'm, I'm just looking forward to when he, he comes back next year to go for the preseason wins, Mark. <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we know what the number of that is? No, but I bet he's not close. Yeah. Because they lose a lot of preseason games. But anyway, it was, it was a fun night and it was fun. Um, to finally see Pop open up about it because, you know, leading, leading up to the uh, Ignite, you know, there, there were several chances to tie that, that Spurs lost, and there were a couple chances to break the record that the Spurs lost. So he was getting a lot of questions uh, at, at pregame media sessions leading up to that. And, you know, he, he doesn't really know what to say. Um, as the record is approaching, he f- feels kind of ridiculous about it. Um, little embarrassed by the attention, but once he finally broke it, it was nice to see him kind of open up and, you know, talk about all the people that made the record possible for him and what it means to him and what it, what it doesn't mean to him and who it belongs to, which is, he says, the whole city. So, um, you know, and I think everyone is probably, it was fun to see the players too, like celebrate that with him and be really um, into it. Some of these guys, you know, have only been with him a few years. It's not like it was Tim, Tony, Amanu jumping around with him. It was, it was people that had been at the tail end of that string. So all that, all that together was just, just fun. And I think everyone's just glad it's behind, behind and they can focus on winding down the season now. You said some of the players had only been with them a few years. One of the guys who jumped on the big mosh pit was Josh Richardson. <laughs> it's, it was kind of funny to see kind of the contrast of, you know, this night about history. And, you know, David Robinson is there and he was around for the first 
pop victories, or I guess he was on the sideline and pop took over and, and David was injured, but moving all the way into this era where wins are so hard to come by um, for Greg Popovich and the Spurs and for, for the guys who've just been around as, as, as few as, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, uh, a few games um, to, to be really into it. And I, I think you're right. It was, it was fun to see how happy people were for pop and uh, how relieved pop was to have it sort of behind him. Uh, I think it was, it was, a, it was a cool thing for everybody involved. Tom, your, your thoughts. As you, as you pointed out, Mike, uh, you know, it wasn't against Sacramento. It was against, uh, uh, you know, a good opponent. Um, uh, kind of a rival opponent with a Quinn Snyder connection. And as Jeff pointed out, it was done in, you know, fitting, pounding the rock fashion. Um, you know, it was a comeback, 15 points down with about 10 minutes left. Um, you know, it was, it was a win when they had gone into the fourth quarter they were they were 0 34 coming into the end of the game uh, when trailing after three quarters. Um, you know, all that added up to make it more dramatic and, and more enjoyable. Um, DeJounte Moore, Murray going nuts in the fourth quarter, just playing uh, maybe his best closing effort of the season. So it all added up uh, for a really fun, enjoyable night. I, I feel like poor Sacramento, they always get thrown under the bus when we make those comparisons. It wasn't like he did it against Sacramento or some team like that. <laughs> Poor Sacramento bastard. beat him. Sacramento beats him pretty regularly. That's true. <laughs> Sacramento beat him with the chance to tie, right? Yeah. I, I, I did, to, to what Tom was saying, I did have um, people, and, and you guys have heard this over the years, but I had people around the Spurs tell me that, you know, the, the, the Utah thing, they have, they have such respect for Utah, and it, and it really did add to the – it sounds almost like – sports writer cliche but I think it's it's genuine that it didn't matter to the people who know pop best and to pop to to have done it against the organization they respect so much the Jerry Sloan days um you know that was a that was the organization that that pop and RC kind of modeled San Antonio after Utah had, hadn't won championships but they were another small market club who kind of did things in the Spurs eyes the right way. And now with Quinn Snyder, a guy who um, kind of rehabilitated his image and, 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 and restarted his coaching career with the Spurs and Austin, um, you know, they, they have a lot of respect for him. So, so that played a huge role in it. And uh, you know, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have taken the cheap shot at Sacramento in the, uh, in the column because Sacramento's Sacramento's doing its best, um, <laughs> but, it, but it does, it, it does they? mean more. Well, you know, you feel bad for, I, I looked this up, um, this is sort of unrelated, but a few months ago, um, Sacramento is basically San Antonio's size in terms of TV market, um, in terms of how many potential Kings fans there are, um, you know, in the Sacramento area, it's about the same as San Antonio, and Sacramento just does everything wrong. There are, there are one protein town like san antonio is and those fans just have it rough i mean they have i think it's the longest yep. playoff less streak in the league um maybe in the last sports. time they were in the playoffs we were there yeah the, the, i think that was a that was a big brent berry uh three-pointer that was that rolled around the rim for for an eternity 
The Bonzi Wells Kings. The Bonzi Wells Kings. But it it just goes to show you kind of, uh, again, how fortunate Spurs fans, basketball fans in San Antonio are. I mean, Sacramento's just been miserable for a long time, and they've been in the lottery over and over and over again. We can talk about this later, the Spurs, their upcoming lottery pick. But, um, you know, that – Pop pointed it out that this this team and this record and and all this success, the city's a, the city has shared in it, and I I I think that uh, again in, in a season in which there has been a lot of losing and and not a lot to celebrate, it, it was it was kind of neat, cool to 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 have that night for everybody that's sharing. It wasn't the only history made at the AT and T Center in the last couple of days, though. <laughs> okay, good segue, sir. Go into that while I take a sip of my. Uh, Coffee. Coffee. The uh, Minnesota Timberwolves have this fellow, uh, his first name's hyphenated, Carl Anthony. Carl oh. Anthony Towns is his name. And boy, howdy, did he have a night at the AT&T Center against your local Cagers. He scored, um, he scored uh, uh, 34 points, but in the third quarter, in the third quarter, finished with 60, which is more than any player has, who has ever played in that building has scored. So, Fans were treated to an unexpected night of history that night. Um, I don't know if they liked it or not. At some, at some point, you just kind of sat back and watched this thing unfold, and you, you couldn't even be mad. You know, you couldn't even – even if you're a Spurs fan, you just kind of have to tip your head and be kind of amazed at the show that the hyphenated wonder was putting on in front of the home crowd there. There's been a lot of those performances around the league lately. I'm not sure what's causing it. But, but we've, we've seen a lot of uh, big scoring nights, and that was definitely one of them. Um, how do you think that, having been in the building uh, for the previous uh, record setter, I believe that was one Kyrie Irving, do you, do you still have memories of that night and how it might have compared to Carl uh, Anthony Towns' outburst? That one was interesting because that was, what, 2015? Like, the Spurs were, I think, the defending champions then. Like, they were they – were playing for something they were a good team they were a team that thought it was a championship team and I believe Cleveland was you know thought it was a playoff team at that time I can't remember I get confused but it was different in that in that um well Cleveland went to like every finals from 2015 to 2019 so they were it was different they were you know the Spurs were trying to win the game there and not that they weren't trying to win the other night but it was an important game to win and it was an overtime game it was back and forth and it was close and Kyrie just kept pulling shots out of his butt. I remember like basically a back-breaking three just right over Danny Green. Um, so I don't know. I think there was more exasperation in the crowd that night than there was yeah. um, the other night when when Carl Anthony Towns was was going nuts because, you know, this, this, that was a close game uh, until like the final four minutes of the third quarter. And then Carl Anthony Towns scored 19 points in the final four minutes of the third quarter, four and a half minutes, and put that thing out of reach. And then so the fourth quarter, it almost became, can he break his own record? And then he got in foul trouble, and then it looked like he wasn't going to come back in, and he was going to be stuck on 50. He had 56 points after three quarters. Um, looked yeah. like he's going to be stuck on 56, but um, they put him in uh, and said, uh, quote, F it, go get 60. So mm-hmm. that's what that's he did. Fifth. And that's a, that's a direct quote from uh... – from the Timberwolves, not Jeff being vulgar, right? I mean, it could be both. No, that's what that's what Chris Finch told him. Yeah, F it, go get sixty. Yeah, 
Um, and I, I think that's that's about what I expected Jeff to say. I mean, the, the other night it was kind of just the Carl Anthony Towns show. We're back and it, it's another sign of how things have changed this this season, the past few seasons for the Spurs, because the, the, the Kyrie thing, I'd forgotten it was overtime, but it was a it was the hard fought game that the Spurs were uh, trying to win like they were trying to win all our games. And I'm sure. And yes, they're still trying to win now, but it's kind of in a different in a different way. There's not that urgency. Um the urgency during the pop game, I will admit, came from the local uh, columnist of the uh, of the Dead Tree newspaper, who was thinking, man, it, who never roots for one outcome or another, but was thinking, if they don't win this game, I'm going to have to come back every night for a week to write about this stupid record. So when that mm. comeback happened, uh, the the, I, the local columnist can, can admit he was relieved that that happened on Friday, so he did not have to return on Saturday and possibly Monday, possibly Wednesday, to keep up this uh, this record watch. Well, I've been um, I've been I've been threatening the Spurs PR people that every game pop ends from here on out. I'm going to ask about him breaking his own record, and they can go through it all <laughs> over again. That that would be pretty good. Let's continue to sell the <laughs> NFTs. All yeah, that see, stuff. we could do NFT a special session 13, every time he wins a game now. Yeah. Um, but how about that, though? Um, just the we, we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, you mentioned that the, the Carl Anthony Towns night, the Spurs fans aren't necessarily exasperated that the team is losing. What is kind of the overall state of, um, I don't know, the, 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 the mentality of the of the local cagers? Uh, what are they planning for right now? What are you looking for as you cover the last month of this season? I mean, they still have a decent enough shot to get that 10th spot and get a play-in game. And I think the players want that really badly. If you're just talking about the players. Uh-huh. I, I, my thought of it is you just do what you do. If you play well enough and get enough wins to, to get it, that's great. If you don't, meh, who cares? You know, go, go to the lottery, get your pick, and we'll do this all again next year. I don't know if there's like a – in my mind, I don't think there's like a super urgency um, to just go full metal jacket after that 10th spot. But I think the players really want it. If you talk to them, Devin Vassell has brought this up a couple of times too. He was like, we haven't been on national TV all year and that's important to us. And if we get, if we get that glad, at least we get to play a national TV game, which sounds kind of funny that's to me, a, but it means that, it's kind of hilarious. It means something to these guys, you know, to be able to play on any kind of stage. So um you know, the players that, that, that are on the floor um, are going to play hard and, and try to get that. And they have, you know, they have three games left against Portland, who they're, ch- who they're chasing. They've got two left against New Orleans, who, as we sit here now, I believe is without Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum. Um, that's another team they're chasing. So I wouldn't necessarily put it past the Lakers to just continue to spiral and fall out of that nine and ten spot. You know, so there, there's some opportunities there over, as we sit here today, 13 games to go. Um, for the for the Spurs to kind of make up some ground and um, have have a play in game, and I think that that would be important to the players at least. I want to read you guys a quote from uh, Greg Popovich and see if this sounds familiar. He says, "Quote: If we win a game, some people love it, and some think we're stupid. We can't worry about opinions. I can tell you that we do not have a team that is going to go out and try to lose a game. Do you have any guesses on uh, when he said that?" Um, I remember it was middle of the season, right? Well, I, I cheated. I know, I know where it came from. 
It was from it was from March fifteenth. We were we were recording this podcast on March sixteenth. That quote was from March fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Oh wow! <laughs> I see wow. Jeff's an avid reader of the Express News and the local sports <laughs> columnist. But uh, uh, yes, uh, that was from I it this morning, Mike. That was from mid March nineteen ninety seven. Uh, when the uh, salt and pepper haired Greg Popovich in his first season as head coach was answering a question from one Jerry Briggs, shout out to Jerry Briggs, friend of the podcast, about the fans who were upset that the Spurs were still trying to win because they wanted some kid from the, from the, from the college game that was starting up the, the NCAA tournament. They thought that they were just convinced it was going to be their savior. You know how outrageous fans can be. Yes. These idiot fans were convinced that if they just would lose enough, they could get to Keith Van Horn, and they could get Keith Van Horn. No, they it, it was about Duncan, and so oh, from, oh, oh, I, I, I just thought it was. I, see where I thought now. it was funny that twenty five years ago, you know, Greg Popovich, the future record breaker, uh, was answering questions about whether his team should try to win or lose, and his opinion back then is, of course, the team's going to try to win. Things will work themselves out, and things sort of did work themselves out. There was a but, game uh, in the middle of that. I think that the, the game that Jerry Briggs was advancing in the Express News way back in 1997 was a showdown against the Boston Celtics, uh, uh, who, were also, who were also kind of hoping to – not kind of, really hoping to end up with Tim Duncan. And the Spurs actually won that game. The Spurs beat the Celtics – um, in mid-March of 1997, and, and that was a, that was considered a, a coup for Boston and a blow to the Spurs because it was it was hurting the Spurs' lottery chances, helping the Celtics. The the lottery balls bounced the right way, uh, and the the local cagers ended up with the franchise chasing Tim Duncan. But we're kind of in the same position now, you know. That I, I think, like Jeff was saying, that the team wants to win, the players want to win. That's healthy. Pop is usually going to coach to win, but I think it, there, there can be subtle things. Like if a guy's sort of injured, if, if DeJounte Murray uh, played a bunch, had a huge game against um, uh, the right. Jazz to break the record, they, eh, go ahead and get everybody the night off the next night. They, Don't they worry play, about being the Pacers. They played with eight guys in that Pacers game, or nine guys, went in with nine guys, but lost two in the middle of the game, so finished with seven, got blown uh-huh. out. And see, you know, there are shades of gray of this. If if the team is um, outright tanking, they'd find more reasons to sit guys. Um, if the team was really trying, if, if the whole goal of the organization was to catch New Orleans for the 10th spot, they wouldn't have sat. So you can, you kind of play it down the middle, and, and I think they're doing it the right way. You know, you, you, you have to learn how to win. Um, it's a good sign if some of these guys play well and do win some of these games but you don't go all out for the 10th spot there's just no real sense in that uh, because there's no upside there it has been funny it has been funny to see guys listed out uh with uh congestion uh that's uh (laughs) i think all three of us would be out for a long time uh, what what they don't what they don't tell you is it's traffic congestion Uh, (laughs) yeah that's true just can't get to the game for you guys who are at the uh, at the shoot arounds all the time, didn't somebody was it Lonnie or Doug McDermott who was talking about how terrible the uh, the virus was that they had? Not the coronavirus, not the COVID, but the the bug that it was Lonnie. Lonnie, Lonnie Walker, yeah. yeah. I, and Lonnie, 
young Lonnie would not dare lie to us about the severity of uh, his his symptoms. I think sure. I think they did have an actual flu bug going around that was affecting people. But hey, yeah, the, the, the congestion is funny. And going going back to uh, that Jerry Briggs story from 1997, I wonder if you could have back in 1997, if you could have found it on ExpressNews.com or the Spurs Nation newsletter. So that's an advantage to uh, the times that we're living in. Uh, that's one. That's so the much, one. That's the one. Advantage. So much. <laughs> so much about 1997 was so much better than 2022. But now, listeners of this podcast can go to ExpressNews.com and uh, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter and have all this stuff delivered right into your inbox um and so yeah that's the one thing that's good about 2022 um and why not take advantage of it listeners go ahead and do it and thank you for the segue jeff mcdonald I'm, anything I'm else all about segues today anything else uh that we've missed in this um not quite weekly, no i think it's uh, i think it's time to say something mopey and optimistic or dopey dopey and optimistic and get us out of here um are, are, are you sure? Is there? Uh, I told you they played three, Portland three times. They played New Orleans a couple times. They got Oklahoma City left. They got Houston left. Like, Pop's going to put this record way out of reach. Okay, so that's interesting. It, when you look ahead at the teams on the schedule, when you are either team tank or team win, um, there's some challenges there because you have other quote-unquote tanking teams on the schedule coming up. Right. And you do have to play Houston a couple of times. Oh, a couple yeah, of times I mean, or and Portland had a couple to, of times. I had to put the uh, Oklahoma uh, I had, City. I had to enter the uh, Oklahoma City like roster and inactive list for the what we call a preview box. That thing's uh -huh. that thing's hilarious. Like uh -huh. they're everyone everyone they have that you've heard of except for Shea Gilgis Alexander is out. And I don't know, they're probably some of these sound like legit injuries, but you know, surgeries yeah. and whatnot. But they have like ten guys out going into that game which I guess would be Wednesday at the AT&T Center. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be hard to out-tank the, the Thunder. Uh, yeah. Portland as well. Portland is totally team tank. Oh, and for sure. I was just looking. Yeah. They're playing. Three they times. have to play them three three times. Um, Portland is openly trying to lose. Um, then New Orleans. That the thing game about Portland is it could be the revenge of Drew Eubanks, though. You have to factor that true. in. I'm he could, go, to, he could Banks, go for 60. Eubanks. I'm looking forward to the Drew Eubanks tribute video. Um, the Just New Orleans him on the sideline, like celebrating dunks. Right. The New Orleans game on Friday is a huge swing game. Um, sure. If you lose that game, you could probably feel pretty comfortable about being in the lottery. If you win that game, um, you know that makes up a that makes that makes a difference in that quote unquote race for the tenth spot. Well, so here's, here's the other thing: even if you get the tenth spot, you're probably going to dump in the lottery. Right. 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 But I think that, and, and you guys, I, I know um, your, your coverage of the local cagers is so um, uh, uh, complete, so, so immersive, so um, comprehensive that there's no way that there's no way from soup to nuts. There's no way you're watching any college basketball. I mean, how, how would you possibly have time? Why would you care? Uh, the NCAA tournament is starting this week. And I'm telling you, I like a lot of guys in this draft. I think it's going to be. I'm no. I'm no scout. I'm no Brian Wright, R.C. Buford. I'm no personnel executive. But there are there are some pieces that really could fit this team, um, and not just the top one, two, or three. Um, there, like I, when we're talking about positioning for the Spurs, if 
if they end up like in the top six or seven, I'm thinking there's a guy that they can draft out of that top six or seven that's going to be, if not a starter, a, a huge contributor to the team next year. So, I mean, for, for the listeners out there who are team tank, and I know you're out there. Um, they're, they're, they're screaming that do not beat New Orleans. <laughs> do not kind of chance it with that 10th spot where you have a, a, a 1% chance of getting the top pick. Try to be six or seven. And I think there's a good chance that could happen. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's the optimistic tone that uh, can be struck to, to wind this week's down, uh, week's podcast down. Uh, All right, get, get dopey if, and optimistic. Let's go. I'm not, I'm not going to go over the... The guy we need to talk to uh, as far as college scouting goes is DeJounte Murray. That's true. (laughs) They should let him draft. They should let him do the draft. So anyway, uh, as the season winds down, we have uh, four weeks left in the season. You can can spend each night watching the local cagers, celebrating the breakthroughs of the youngsters, such as Lonnie Walker and Josh Primo and uh, Devin Vassell and on down the line. And if they learn how to win, that can pay off for the future of the Spurs. If they do not, then you're end up with uh, uh, one of many attractive possibilities in the in the top uh, in the top ten of this draft. And so there's a bright side either way, and uh, that's the way to go into the rest of the week as you take care of each other and keep it real.